Lecture Topic 29th Ramadan Asar A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Raheem Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu jtanibu kathiran minal dhanni inna ba'dal dhanni ithmu wa la tajassasu wa la yaghtab ba'dukum ba'dha أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ لَحْمَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا فَكَرِهْتُمُوهُ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَّابٌ رَحِيمٌ صدق الله العظيم To round off the discussion regarding having ill thoughts of others, suspicions Yesterday some details were discussed and one of the important points to bear in mind which came in yesterday was that many a times things appear to be something on the surface but it is very different in reality so we should not make judgment about what is somebody's intention what is somebody's heart because we have no idea about that it might seem something might seem very negative whereas the reality is something different so that was the very important point to take note of just to round off this discussion there's an incident in the Quran Sharif which happened in the time of Rasulullah and where Allah Ta'ala then warns the believers in general that why did they not go to the positive thinking why did they just go along this obviously didn't refer to everybody the incident was that of when Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was slandered and this was a very very difficult moment for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in fact one entire month had almost passed in this manner where the munafiqeen had started passing on this rumor and people got caught up in this a few, very few sincere Sahaba they got somehow caught up in the same passing on of this unverified information and from the manner in which the Quran Sharif addresses it so the person now who's passing on that information very often now believes it so they, their mind went in that direction that perhaps there is some truth in this this was a very very difficult time it was a mountain of grief on Rasulullah himself Allah Ta'ala willed it that Aisha Siddiqa was unaware that she was being spoken about in this manner until the tail end of this and when she did come to know about it she collapsed in grief then when she recovered she non-stop cried for a whole day and night and it was a very very difficult time eventually an entire ruku was revealed in Surah An-Nur Allah Ta'ala cleared the position of Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha in this entire detail is one ayat of the Quran Sharif in there where Allah Ta'ala says وَلَوْلَا إِذْ سَمِعْتُمُوهُ ظَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ بِأَنفُسِهِمْ خَيْرًا قَالُوا هَذَا إِفْكُمْ مُبِينٌ 
But now when this rumor was circulating, when the slander was circulating, so it obviously was started off by the munafiqeen, it was their agenda to always do whatever they could to harm Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this was always the case that the enemy from within, one is you get the open enemies, the open enemies that is one level of difficulty and problem for anyone. But the enemy from within, which were the munafiqeen, this was obviously a far more greater calamity because they appeared to be friends. They appeared to be well-wishers because they disguised themselves and externally presented themselves as believers. Whereas in reality, there was kufr in their hearts. So they were a greater problem and a greater difficulty. Now these were the munafiqeen on this occasion that they started circulating this rumor, the slander, whereas this was totally a lie. And now a few Sahaba in the stories that circulated, they got taken along with it and they started also mentioning it to some people. So Allah Ta'ala sounding this very severe warning that walawla ismi'atumuhu, why when you heard this, did the believers not regard why did they not think positively about their fellow Muslim? Because they had no proof for anything. There was no evidence of any sort. This was something completely unfounded. Nobody came to present any concrete evidence. So when no concrete evidence was presented of what is being spoken, why did you accept it? Why was this then taken as truth? Why was this then passed on from one to the other? Why was it not disregarded completely? Allah Ta'ala is saying that this was a very severe matter and why was this not immediately rejected as waqala hadha ifkum mubeen? Now if one considers the situation here that something is now being said a person doesn't have any proof, any evidence of what was said. At the same time he doesn't have any proof and evidence against those who are saying something. He doesn't have any proof to disprove that as well. But the point is that where is the claim coming from? When the claim was not established with proof, with concrete evidence, then Allah Ta'ala says, you should have already clearly said, Hada ifkum mubeen. Because you don't have to have proof to disprove a claim. That's the burden of the claimant. He has to produce proof for what he's claiming. If he cannot produce the proof for what he's claiming, the clear concrete evidence, not something that is a supposition. As mentioned yesterday, very often we make suppositions into convictions. We suppose what was in somebody's mind. And we make that a conviction. And then we act upon that conviction. Now we start mentioning this to somebody else and now we are circulating this. Allah Ta'ala is saying that you had no concrete evidence about what happened so you should have rejected this. وَقَالَ هَذَا إِفْكُمْ مُبِينَ Now because this was a matter of a very serious nature which regards, which requires four witnesses. Allah Ta'ala says لَوْلَا جَاءُوا عَلَيْهِ بِأَرْبَعَةِ شُهَدَاءِ Why did they not bring four witnesses to prove this? Because this was an accusation of a nature which Shariat requires that there should be four witnesses to prove this. 
And if they don't bring four witnesses, لَوْلَا جَاءُوا عَلَيْهِ بِأَرْبَعَةِ شُهَدَاءِ فَإِذْ لَمْ يَأْتُوا بِالشُهَدَاءِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ إِنَّ اللَّهِ هُمُ الْكَاذِبُونَ In the court of Allah Ta'ala, if they brought one witness and two witnesses to in this particular matter, it was not sufficient. In the court of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala says, they are the liars. Now that is a matter of law, of Sharia, but in terms of our thinking, how we take the matter, what do we do? So Allah Ta'ala is saying, you should have gone on the positive note and think good about your fellow Muslim because you have no proof of anything else. When you have no concrete evidence about anything else, then you are obliged to take the positive probability and go with that. So this is the message that has been given in this ayat as well. Refrain from these suspicions because some thoughts are sin. Now that thought as mentioned about is supposition. And that supposition has been now taken in the heart as a conviction whereas we have no proof about it that this person this is the issue, this is his thought, this is his intentions whereas we cannot judge anybody's intention in the matter we can judge an action if somebody did some wrong that wrong will be judged wrong but what is somebody's intention we cannot see that and when we cannot see it therefore we are obliged not to be making any judgment on the intention otherwise that becomes sin inna ba'da dhanni ithmun the incident was discussed about Hazrat Usama radiallahu ta'ala an a similar issue was once posed to Rasulullah sallallahu one sahabi says that what do you what do I do in this situation when a person has now attacked me on the battlefield and the sahabi presents the situation that he cut off one of my hands so now he's presenting a situation if this happens that I am now in this battle with the person and he attacks me he cuts off one of my hands one hand he cut off and then having cut my one hand off summa laza minni bi shajaratin he then now takes refuge behind a tree because now I am going head on for him so now this is the extent to which this has reached he has cut off one hand now he has taken refuge behind a tree and he is now trying to save himself because I am about to kill him and having taken refuge behind this tree he then says la ilaha illallah should I kill him? so Nabi Islam says la taqtulu don't kill him now, this is a war it's a battlefield people are out to take one another's life here it's not just some situation where a person he can worry about it tomorrow he can take see now what to do tomorrow this is on the spot this is either your life or his life but now here this person after having cut one hand off he is taking refuge behind this tree and from there he is reciting la ilaha illallah so Nabi Sassim says la taqtulhu don't kill him so he says but he cut off my one hand and now he's just merely trying to save his life meaning he's not saying this sincerely the scene is all the, the circumstantial evidence it's clear that now he's just because he can see now I'm coming full on for him. He says, La taqtulhu. He says, but he's just trying to save his life. Nabi Islam says, In qatal tahu, if you kill him, 
فَإِنَّهُ بِمَنْزِلَتِكَ قَبْلَ أَنْ تَقْتُلَهُ وَإِنَّكَ بِمَنْزِلَتِهِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَقُولَ كَلِمَتَهُ الَّتِي قَالُ If you go ahead and kill him, now you will be in the position that he was before he recited the kalima. And he has come into the position that you are, you are in or you were in before you killed him. Now there's much explanation of what this really means. The literal or the, the apparent meaning of this is that you were a, he was a disbeliever before the kalima. And now that he recited the kalima, you went on his position what he did before that what he was positioned before that. This outwardly means and seems to be meaning that you are gone on kufr, he had come on iman. However, the muhaddithin explained that that is not really what is the intent here. What is meant is that prior to him reciting the kalima, he was mubahuddam. This is a place of war. And he has come to attack the Muslims. So his life had no sanctity. If somebody killed him, they would have not been taken to task in any way. But your life was protected. You were mahfuzuddam. The roles have changed. Your life has now lost its sanctity. And he had become somebody whose life was protected. Now you took his life, you are liable for that. So this was the extent to which Nabi Islam highlighted this. That look, this is a battlefield. He has attacked you. He cut one hand off. He is now in that moment saying la ilaha illallah you're going to have to respect that you are going to have to accept it that this is what he is saying he is saying he is taking Allah Ta'ala's name so this is the thing you have to accept you are now getting into the depths of his heart to say but he is not sincere about it you will have to prove that that he is not sincere inside his heart there is some insincerity there is nifaq we have no basis to prove that we are going to have to go on the basis of what Shariat has given us that we are to be judging things on the surface, what we see, what we can see and hear, but what is in somebody's heart, that is beyond us. So in any case, this is a very, very important aspect, something very, very necessary for us to keep reflecting upon, to think carefully, to digest this deep down in our hearts. We discussed some of the incidents yesterday of how something was apparently completely on one end, what the reality turned out to be. And what an embarrassment it became for the person later, that where he was going, what the reality was. In any case, thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَجَسَّسُ And don't spy on one another. Now generally, the ill thoughts, the suspicions lead to spying. Because now a person, he has now taken this to heart, he has made it almost a conviction or a conviction, but now he needs to support it. It's already taken into his heart that this is it. Now he needs to support it. So now to support it, he needs to find and dig out something from somewhere. So to dig out something now, he's going to end up spying on someone. And this is the reason that Allah Ta'ala now says, وَلَا تَجَسَّسُ It doesn't mean only out of some, mis, uh, some ill thought now a person is not permitted to spy. In principle, the spying is impermissible. Spying here refers to digging out people's hidden faults. Whether the person has a fault or not, we have no idea. Now we're trying to go and dig out something. One is a situation where somebody is in a position of authority 
like the parents over their children somebody is responsible for someone's tarbiyat and nurturing and now to ensure that this person is not getting involved in something wrong to some extent this would be permissible for the father to check to make sure that there isn't anything untoward happening here this is not included in this prohibition of spying the intention must be to protect that child from any harm from any getting involved in anything that's going to be impermissible but on a general note no person has the right to go and spy on somebody else no person has the right to go and dig out what might be somebody's secrets something comes to light something becomes apparent that's a different matter that we will try to address if something is not within our control and authority we will try to advise we'll try to do what is in our capacity to uh, correct the situation but not to go and dig out people's faults go and search out people's secrets this is clearly prohibited in this ayat wala tajassasu and then allah taala says wala yaghtab ba'dukum ba'da and don't backbite one another now this is often the sequence in how things happen and it starts off with a thought that thought was some suspicion that suspicion in our minds became conviction that led to some kind of spying whether we picked out something or not either way this then starts leading to ghibat again ghibat again is also not confined to this this background ghibat in the hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked do you know what is ghibat he said whatever allah and his nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam know best nabi sallallahu replied and said zikruka akhaka bima yakrah to mention something about your fellow muslim which he will dislike so the question was posed but what if what is being said is true nabi sallallahu said if it's true then this is ghibat then this is backbiting and if it is not true then it's worse then it is a slander then it is bohtan then it is a far more serious crime the backbiting somebody in this ayat has been described in a very severe manner allah taala says ayuhibbu ahadukum ay ya'kula lahma akhihi maytan do you like to eat the flesh of your dead brother now ghibat generally is described as speaking something about a person which he will dislike but in his absence so now dead brother the person who's dead he cannot do anything to defend himself so therefore like the person who is dead can do nothing to defend himself the person who is absent also he can do nothing to defend himself at that moment when he is being spoken about what is the reality whether it was exactly as being mentioned even if it was was such he is not present to defend himself in any way so therefore to backbite somebody to speak ill about the person in his absence is like eating the flesh of a dead person this does not mean that speaking ill behind somebody's back is impermissible but if it is said to the person's face then it's fine this is merely the situation that the person is absent and he's being spoken ill about so it becomes ghibat and that is like eating the flesh of a person's dead brother and if he is present and he's being spoken to in a way that's now bringing out his faults and speaking ill of him and humiliating him disgracing him then this is like eating the flesh of a 
of a living person this has been prohibited in the ayat that has already passed wala talmizu anfusakum don't find fault with one another with yourselves and wailul likulli humazatil lumaza these are aspects that are impermissible whether in somebody's presence or absence in the person's absence it becomes a bit worse because now the person is not even present to to defend himself but to disgrace and humiliate a person to bring out his faults to his face as well is not permissible it's a different matter if a person now is taking up a case to a qazi to a court or to somebody who has to now mediate a problem so now he is going to have to explain what happened so now in order to explain what happened so exactly what happened he will explain not to exaggerate a matter in any way to try and dramatize it beyond what it is to make it sound that the person was more at fault than what he really was to try to swing the the emotions of somebody against somebody else against the person so now it is being said in a more dramatic way it is being said in a more in a way that now makes it sound but more serious than what it really was that obviously now will become a sin that will be sinful in itself of how it was expressed exactly what the issue was without any uh, adding anything to it that will be said in such a situation likewise where it is necessary to express this in order to save somebody from harm for example somebody has proposed for somebody else's daughter and now the father is inquiring about what is the character of this person from somebody who might be knowing him and that person knows him he knows about him so either he is going to say that uh, no there's nothing wrong which is obviously going to be a very serious matter the person is going to go by that he might accept it and then he finds out but there was a problem and this person was away of it too so now this is deceiving him and putting him into a very big problem and predicament so here he needs to say what is the reality but his intention is going to be crucial if his intention is to save this person from any harm then to mention what he will mention will be permissible not exaggerating anything exactly what was the situation but if his intention is well here's a chance now to really run this person down the long problem i have had with him and now that this opportunity has come let me have my chance now by running him down so this is obviously now haram this becomes haram based on this person's intention he will be guilty of ghibat now because his intention is not to save anybody from anything here his intention is to harm this person to run this person run this person down to disgrace him humiliate him so this will become haram so in certain situations apart from this also there are certain situations where a person is permitted to say exactly what happened for whatever the situation is in terms of getting some decision in a matter to ask a question about some fatwa from a mufti etc but other than that to speak ill of somebody this is a very very serious crime so this is what allah taala is warning us about that don't get into this wala yaqtab ba'dukum ba'da these are things that tear up 
the muhabbat, tear up the fabric of society, having suspicions, spying, backbiting, all these things lead to ill feelings, they lead to enmity, they lead to malice, they lead to all kinds of things which break up that good feeling, that muhabbat, that unity, and it leads to people then now becoming estranged from one another, what not goes on. As a result, Allah Ta'ala says that refrain from this completely. What this entire discussion is now rounded off with this command of Allah Ta'ala which comes numerous times in the Quran Sharif. Wattaqullah, fear Allah. Remember, Allah is aware of everything. So therefore Allah is telling us, remember, Allah is aware. So fear Allah. Fear Allah Ta'ala in those occasions where you are going to be explaining what's going on. Fear Allah, Allah is aware. Allah will take everything to task on the day of Qiyamah if it was out of line. Fear Allah Ta'ala in that ghibad. In making ghibad, remember Allah will bring it out. Harboring suspicion is deep down in the heart. But fear Allah Ta'ala. Allah knows. Allah Ta'ala knows what's in the heart. You are spying, thinking nobody saw what you are doing. But Allah Ta'ala knows. So in all this, the most important thing is, and this in fact extends to the ayat before it as well, Allah Ta'ala says, don't mock one another. Outwardly it is sometimes seemingly very innocent. Seemingly very innocent. But something is being done in a very subtle way to run somebody down, to mock somebody. Likewise, finding fault, calling people by nicknames and titles which they don't like. But it sound, making it sound like this was a very innocent thing, lies away of everything. So therefore, what taqullah, inna Allah tawwabur rahim. Person realizes his mistake, he should make toba. Allah Taala is most forgiving and most merciful. Allah Taala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah.